The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 116. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. It's when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Bravehearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position that's wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the fourth Doctor story, the Tom Baker story, The Santaran Experiment. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Great. So, uh, folks, remember to like The Secrets of Doctor Who on Facebook, where our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Starquest Media. You can retweet it on Twitter, where it's uh, we're at SQPN. You can leave us comments on the show. Get us some feedback. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to discuss your feedback on the show and share it with the rest of the audience. So please send us your feedback. Uh, and if you have not yet done so, please subscribe in iTunes, on Google Play, Stitcher, tune in on your favorite podcast app. I like Overcast. I know a lot of people like po- Pocket Cast. Those are some uh, good good podcast apps. Uh, if you like to listen to it on YouTube, where you could hit the bell to make sure you get notifications when we post a new episode. And above all, please share the podcast with your friends uh, as we continue to go through the the depths of the library of Doctor Who that's available. Uh, we are, we're, we're continuing this journey for a long time to come, and we'd love to have others join us on this journey of Doctor Who. So we're talking today about the Santaran Experiment, which is a two-part uh, uh, story from yeah, the short one. Tom Baker era. Yeah, they, I, I gather it was sort of in, uh, an insertion into the the, uh, the 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 schedule. The schedule to kind of fill right. in some space, I think they had. Um, well, it's uh, there was something I saw on the, the Wikia where he didn't like, the producer didn't like the big six-episode yeah. uh, serials because they felt too stretched out. Which right. this has been a complaint that we've made yes, we've on said this podcast about that. quite yeah. a few times. So instead, they did the four episode of uh, Ark of Space and then this for two episode instead of the full six episode, which actually worked a lot better. Of course, mm-hmm. it's funny to think about because this two episode serial we just watched is basically the same length as a, one episode in New Who. Right. Right. But These it's are also two two twenty five minute episodes. Right. And it's uh, essentially a continuation of the four story, the four episode arc in space thus making that six episodes <laughs> but but it is standalone well, with, a, with a radical plot shift because yes. the arc in space was all about the arc people reviving and then discovering that some of them had been infected by this wasp-like alien called a weirin yep. and now that that's sorted out what where we join the doctor here is he's transporting down from the arc to the empty earth to fix their transmat system so they can recolonize Earth and come off the Ark. Right, right. 
uh, before we get off the, uh, the 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 discussion of how the length of it, uh, this is the shortest story of the 1970s, uh, as pointed out. Uh, so I, I think I think Black Orchid is the next two parter we get, and that's in the Fifth Doctor's era. Right. So uh, one little interesting production note is that Tom Baker broke his collarbone during the shooting of this and Ouch. had to wear a neck brace yeah. that was covered by the scarf. Uh, but it, it did. I, I tried to look for it. and I didn't see anywhere. It looked like he was favoring it. So uh, mm. kudos to Tom Baker for they, In fact, it was Vince. it was Good bad enough. When had- the, what was that? I was going to say, good thing they had that nice big scarf that they could wrap around his neck to cover it. Well, and it was bad enough at first that they thought they were going to have to like recast uh, the doctor. Because, again, this is the 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 beginning of his his uh, tenure Mm -hmm. as the doctor. Uh, We're only a few episodes into into his his time here. And uh, they thought, well, we're going to have to you know recast already. But it turned out, you know, he he was able to power through this. This is the first of a couple of times where he had injuries or something. Uh, when they were f- filming the pirate planet, his cat attacked him. And so he had a big scar right over his lip from that. You know, so been, I think and then I think he had a couple other injuries on set throughout his era as doctor. He must be quite a klutz. Uh, so uh, the other interesting production note is that this was shot entirely on location and yeah. on videotape instead of film, uh, which. So real cost saver. Yes. Because <laughs> it's well, all it's all outside and they're right. reusing Suntaran props from the Time Warrior. So and there's yeah. no other sets. I mean, this is basically just outdoors uh, with a few of those props. Yeah, uh, I thought there were a couple of scenes that looked like they might have been green screened, but maybe it was just an artifact of the videotape footage where it looked like, you know, they had this backdrop of a, of a mountain or something. But then the actor was just standing in front of a green screen. I don't know if they, uh, they, they, they might've had to do it for reshoots that they might've had to do some reshoots. That's what I wonder. Yeah. That's a good, good question. So like you said, Jimmy, this picks up from the, the end of Arkham space with the doctor and the companions trans transmatting down from space station Nerva, um, to repair the, the, the transmat reflectors. Uh, and they'd land in this open, which are, uh, which are like a series of eight metal spheres arranged in a circle. Right. And it's and it's kind of a rough landing. Yeah, yes. They kind of fade <laughs> in and out. Uh, the doctor fading in. Well, well, uh, one at Harry, a time. Yeah. One at a time. Uh, yeah. It's uh, poor, it, poor Sarah ends up falling on her uh, pride, shall we say? Yeah. 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 Yes. That's the way she put it. Like, uh, let's go. Old girl. Uh, Harry keeps calling her old oh, girl. Old thing. Old thing. Old thing. I, I love I love the interaction. He's got this wonderful, gentlemanly PG Woodhouse Jeeves and Worcester yeah. type affect and he's like you know are you okay old thing and and her and he means it totally affectionately and even though she's even though she's um you know a feminist her response is harry i'm not a thing (laughs) and it's like blew right past the old part right right. sarah's not worried about ageism just thingism right right i am not an object uh yeah she said oh she says that uh, she landed right on her dignity is uh, how, she's, yep. how she phrased it so then um we have this uh this unspoiled countryside this you know yeah the earth has been abandoned for ten thousand years and and i think you and i have talked about in in uh mysterious world jimmy we might or maybe mm-hmm. in like one of the mysterious headlines this idea that if um over the span of thousands of years ten thousand years or even longer 
all signs of human habitation would would eventually wear away. You know, yes, that you could or imagine sub or something. Yeah, right, right. And so where they're standing is essentially the middle of would have been the middle of London, uh, but it's this open plain of of land. Yeah. One, yeah. one question I do do have, you know, I've never visited London. I'd love to. I would love to go spend an extended period of time traveling around the UK, especially London. But mm. I get the impression that London itself is relatively flat. But yeah, this is fairly rugged territory that they chose to film this in. But over over certainly millions of years um, and quicker, if you have catastrophes like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe giant solar flares that scorch yeah. the Earth's surface, um, you can have uh, uplift and and, right. you know, get mountains and stuff where you didn't before. Yeah, right. this is supposedly 10,000 years after the solar flare, as I right. recall, so I right from Arca space. Yeah, it's something like 30,000 years in our future or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be normal uplift, but it could be produced by, you know, various things, including guess, just weathering. Yeah, I guess if you combine the, the solar flare, um, killing off everything on Earth and then, <laughs> you know, just natural erosion and everything. Perhaps, right. Yeah. So because once all once a large chunk of the biosphere dies, you're not going to have the roots holding soil in place right. and stuff. It's and true. Then of course, you know, those those are UK listeners and those who have been to London can can help us understand what London's train is really like. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so well, uh, it's got a river running right there. So and it's down in the south southeast. So close yeah. to the. Sure. So it's all going to be low anyway. It's a, it's a flood. At least downtown London is a floodplain. Yeah. yeah. So. But as a result of all this, since they have no reason to suspect that there's anyone down on Earth at this point, and since the doctor needs to do a technical task fixing the transmat that Harry and Sarah are totally unsuited for, yeah. it makes all the sense in the world. We have reasonable companion separation for once. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there's no no reason to suspect danger. I need to do this task. You can't help me. Get out of here. Go explore. Yeah, exactly. go, go take so a look go around. two different directions. Yeah. <laughs> go uh, to Trafalgar Square. Uh, it, it, and as uh, it should be that way, as the doctor says, and, and, uh, if this is Piccadilly anyway. And uh, yeah. so they wander off. And then, of course, Harry goes and gets himself falling into a, a trap a that trap. someone has set. Yes, a mm-hmm. pit trap. Um, it, it looks pretty steep, I guess. And he bangs his mm-hmm. head to a pretty good. Uh, so uh, that, that, that's not good. And uh, so Sarah has to go back to get the doctor. Um, and, and we it, learn there are astronauts present on the planet. Right. Space who dug the pit trap. Yes. Yeah, space suited humans. Um, one of them is chased by a robot and the doctor <laughs> finds him dead at the, uh, at the bottom of a cliff. Um, and then the doctor gets stunned by this guy's companions who think they, that he's responsible for this guy's death. I'm not sure why yes. they would think the doctor was responsible. I don't know, because there's the scary robot drone that could have killed him, <laughs> right. which is yeah. what they've been running from. Exactly. And the scary the scary robot drone, by the way, this is a great 1970s robot drone. Yes. It, oh, yeah. it looks completely ridiculous. And it has this kind of it's kind of like a big angular metallic bug with little mm-hmm. um, antennas that it's using as pinchers. Right. You know, pincers on it yep. where its mouth would be. And but they're and just kind of like TV antennas. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very rickety. Um, and it, it, and it I just love the robot influenced. Drone. It definitely looked influenced by the NASA probes of the time because there's oh, a lot yeah. of that kind of that same look. Right. Mm. I remember an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man where 
they had a a lunar probe that went rogue on planet Earth, and it was the same sort of thing where it was all rickety, and uh, you know, as it moved, bits of it would bounce <laughs> very, yeah. very, like it's about to fall. Like get some more duct tape on that between between shots, you know, that sort of thing. And that, that's what I <laughs> was getting from this one. So this is definitely showing the uh, budget of the BBC for Doctor Who at the time. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So after getting the Doctor back to their camp, one of these uh, spacesuited uh, humans threatens the Doctor with a smoking stick. And like, what are you going to rub ash on his face? You like make his jacket messy? <laughs> uh, it was just kind of like, like it was supposed to be like a burning stick, and it's just kind of like smoking, like it has gone out. Get the prop men on that one. Get it burning next time. Um, <laughs> I, I I like how the astronauts don't believe in that nerva exists right it's like oh that's a legend that's like atlantis or something and it's like you guys just came here from distant space you didn't see it in orbit right right it was yeah i mean if nerva is there i mean maybe that's how nerva survived for so long is that it maybe it's cloaked or it's something. cloaked of some sort yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, this other astronaut who's a bit uh, jumpy and a little uh, not all there, Roth, he saves Sarah from the robot and explains that he escaped from the the alien in the rocks, uh, is the, <sighs> as he puts it. Um, and so the, meanwhile, the, the, these uh, humans, uh, the other guys don't believe that the doctor came by Transmat. And uh, they they say they're from another colony called Galsec. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact... We're led to believe that while the people on Nerva were stuck there for 10,000 years, the rest of humanity has gone and and expanded out into the galaxy. And Yeah, and they kind of have an attitude about it. It's like, we didn't sleep it out. We went out and built an empire. So take that, you slackers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, nice attitude on them. Uh, so the doctor does notice on one of the guys, a Verul, uh, that there's a camera on his... Uh, spacesuit that's not human tech. Um, yeah, Verl. Yeah, Verl. Yeah, Verl. Or yeah, and uh, they, they he kind of points it out or tries to point it out, and uh, and then the uh, they they tell him that their ship came to Earth because of a distress signal, but when they landed, their ship was vaporized, and then suddenly they believe the Doctor. Like just before, they were thinking the Doctor was was lying to them about this legendary Nerva. And now suddenly we get this shift where they believe the doctor about Nerva. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why? That's do they when sleep? the attitude comes out. Yeah. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Well, while you guys were sleeping on Nerva. Because they think the doctor was one of the people from, uh, from Nerva. Um, and then we, there's not a whole lot that, of, of, of going on. I have to kind of point that, point that out. It's like, we kind of jump from scene to scene. Um, where there's some exposition, then we're to the next scene. Uh, we get to a point where the doctor falls. Harry has managed to find a uh, yeah. little cave. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, before we completely leave the camera yeah. that is monitor that's on Verl's spacesuit. Yep. It's it 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 indeed does not look like a, a typical camera in the 1970s. It looks like a little metallic game piece. It's kind of like a little stud. Right. Um yeah. that's on the front. You could mistake it for something that could be part of his uniform. Um mm-hmm. and and it doesn't have an obvious lens on it. And so that it it makes some sense as the kind of surreptitious camera you would want to plant on somebody if you would like tagged them and released them, which is apparently what's happened to Verl. And we get reverse angle shots of the doctor looking into the camera 
And yeah. uh, and then we pull back and see the alien Santaran hand, which for some reason has four fingers instead of three. Yep. Um, uh, in in a control center. So we we have it very clearly established visually that Verl is being monitored like a piece of wildlife. Right. Mm. Right. And uh, and and they the the uh, these astronauts they 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 do manage to um, uh, let the doctor get away. Um, and, and that's how Sarah he ends up. helps. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah shows up while they're uh, not paying attention. Um, she helps them escape. Uh, and the and, and meanwhile, while Sarah was looking for the doctor to come help Harry, Harry wakes up and he finds a uh, a, a cave and crawls through it out the other end to the rocks. But basically, the 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 this this outcropping where the Santaran will find out it has been mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, well, kind of piece it, it together, but yeah. So Sarah ends up getting to the rocks too, and she sees the Centauran ship, which is a big sphere. It looks kind of like Epcot Center. Yeah, and it's a a prop. I believe they just had left over from the Time Warrior, uh, yeah. which was Sarah Jane's first adventure with the Doctor, mm-hmm. and okay. so her very first adventure was uh was with the Centaurans going back to the Middle Ages. And um, and so when the Sontaran comes out of his ship and takes off his helmet, Sarah immediately knows what he is, but she misidentifies him. She thinks it's the same Sontaran she says she's met before and says Lynx, which was the name of that Sontaran. And um, because they're clones. Yeah, yeah, because they're clones, even though this is clearly a different Sontaran mask. Um, and, and instead of being Lynx, this one is Field Major Steyr. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little about the Centauran. So the first time we saw them was in Time Warrior. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. so this is now the, the second appearance. Um, so the, what was their backstory originally? What was the... They're a clone warrior race. Uh, they are, they're very military. They have this endless war going on with the Rutans, if I recall correctly. <clears throat> and we'll actually meet the Rutans in an upcoming episode, The Horror of Fang Rock, um, which we'll be doing soon. But uh, they have this endless war going with them, and basically they want to conquer the universe. So they're periodically messing with stuff. And 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 here in this century, they're trying to conquer human space. So Field Major Steyer is running experiments on these astronauts to figure out how what tactical advantages can we gain for our invasion okay um so sarah and this uh astronaut roth are captured and like you said taken to there and harry arrives just as they get get to this Santaran base um and uh steyer ends up killing roth he says he doesn't need him anymore roth had escaped from him in the past um, he just but he's of... much more interested in the female, <laughs> right? Oh, yes. Even though he's already said she has no military significance, so not sure right. what's up with that. It's just creepy. It's just creepy. <laughs> one, one, one of the things that it is creepy, and one of the things that I was really reminded of in once we got to this point in the plot, because um, so the Centaurans, I mean, it's it's basically they have this suit with like a helmet, mm-hmm. and and then. Um, he's got the, he's up in these rocks and he's got a monitor where he talks to another Centauran reporting on the status of what he's learned. 
right. in preparation for this invasion. And um, and he's got these like last surviving humans on this desolated world that and he's not just killing them and being done with it. And this so much reminded me of the terrible B movie from like the 50s robot monster. Um, <laughs> if you've ever seen robot monster, it's just like this. You have this guy. He's a he's an alien. He's in a gorilla suit with a diving helmet on, and he's got a <laughs> monitor just like this in a little cave in the rocks that he's talking to his superior on. And for some reason, he's not killing all of the remaining humans in the apocalyptic, desolated world. And he's really interested in this one woman. And he is a Roman. That's his species name, as opposed to a human. And hmm. um, and it's a classic, awful <laughs> B movie. It's very famous. And I just couldn't help thinking of Robot Monster throughout this yeah. whole segment. That's now, funny. the important question is, there is, a, is there a Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of it or Rift Tracks, one of the two? I'm sure I would. I would. I don't think there's an MST3K version. I would bet there's a Rift Tracks. Oh, wow. Because that'd be the, that'd be the way to watch it. So yeah. the, the sad thing about this, uh, to, not to bring everything down, nope, but nope, there is a robot. There is an MST3K of Robot <laughs> Monster, which you can also get at Rift Tracks. OK, excellent. So the the actor who plays uh, Major Steyer is Kevin Lindsay. He he was in uh, Time Warrior. He played the original Sontaran. Uh, and he, they were going to use the same costume. They ended up having to uh, make a new one for him because it exacerbated a heart condition, apparently, that, that, that mm, this actor yeah. had. Uh, an illness that eventually would kill him only six months later, which is really sad after the filming after yeah. the filming of this. Um, but uh, I can imagine that that is not a comfortable costume to be wearing. It no. looked uh, difficult to to deal with. And uh, so we, we have uh, we, the, the this Santarin experimenting on the on the various people, like basically, uh, you know, tying them out in, in exposing them into the in the environment and, and torturing them. Um, you have Harry bumbling around the rocks. Sarah, old girl, are you here? Like, uh, hey, old Harry. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Old How about thing. some stealth, uh, Harry? You, you know, like, keep it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> he does find one of the Galsec guys, uh, but he can't release him. Um, and this the, guy's like being being driven to death by thirst. Right. He, yeah. Harry does He's, get him some something to drink, but obviously not enough. Still too little, too late. But. Um, and then this and this Antaran refuses to believe that Sarah is from Earth. Uh, he says she's a mistake in the data and must be eliminated. And thus is going to delay his final report, which is a, a lucky turn of events. Uh, the, mm -hmm. It delays the invasion. Uh, and he slaps off. this mind reading thing on her forehead. Right. Uh, tests her fear responses with a series of illusions, uh, snakes mm. and other scary bits. Um he he does he then stuns the doctor who who comes um although uh we, we, he thinks he's killed the doctor uh, and before that there's a great moment where the doctor and and Steyer are like having a confrontation and uh the doctor just looks past Steyer and says oh well done harry causing <laughs> even though harry's not there causing Steyer to turn around and the doctor <laughs> momentarily escapes. Yeah. What's that over your shoulder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, well done, Harry. Is it not the yeah. classic? What's that over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get to reveal that Vrul is the is a traitor in a turncoat, uh, turned by uh by the Centaurin. Uh you know, to in promise the promise of being spared, uh the upcoming invasion and all that, uh which he is then uh it turns out that the Centaurin betrays him and, and doesn't spare him um 
after- and with the doctor and, and Sarah out of commission, Harry is yeah. alone to deal right. with the situation now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, although when Harry does find the doctor, um, the doctor reveals that he's uh, he's not dead, that he was saved by. Um, uh, it, was a, it was a piece of the the, the shielding, I think, from that uh, force field that. Right. Yeah, put around piece, Sarah. Piece, of, piece of metal. Yeah. And and so it's the equivalent of a cigarette case in his pocket that <laughs> yes. saved him. Never and, throw anything away, Harry. <laughs> and then, then it, it's, it's immediately contrary yeah. advice. Father. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mistake to clutter one's pockets, Harry. Yeah. yeah. Both times Harry's like, yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so because he's looking for his 500 year di- uh, diary uh, in his pocket mm-hmm. that he can't find because he has some notes on the Santarans. And then uh, the doctor and, discovers and, that the Santaran plan is to invade the galaxy. Um, right. and- I like Steyer. You know, he's after the chained up guy has died. Steyer's taking his field notes and he says subject died in a round of week in a round a week. And, and it's like from lack of water. Really? I think you mm-hmm. can go longer than that without water. But. But maybe not. But then Steyer says dependence on fluid is a significant weakness that should be exploited in our attack. It's like, how? Deny the humans coffee breaks? Yeah. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> no, no, so for you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so the uh, so then he's uh, testing these uh, Varul and these other two guys um, by having them hold 600 pounds of weight uh, off of their comrade's chest, uh, all the you know, like for like yeah, he, minutes he's got at a, ver- a time. A variable gravity bar, so he can increase right. its weight, and yep. he's progressively seeing making it heavier up to about six hundred pounds. And they're struggling to hold it off Verl's chest uh, to keep from crushing him, which Steyer is amazed at. Even though he was a traitor, they're still mm-hmm. struggling to not kill him. Right. And, and I, what amazes me is how long those two guys, even between the two of them, can hold 600 pounds yeah. in the air. I, I, I think by the time they get it up that high, Harry and Sarah have joined them in holding it up. Oh, uh, I hope so. I hope so. Because that, yeah. that was <laughs> that was a lot of weight. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, so there, there was one scene where you can see the actors were getting bored with holding it. So they both had their elbows down on the rock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Someone forgot to tell them action lift. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so then, so the doctor's solution is is to use the Santaran's aggressive nature, warrior nature, against him. Uh, he challenges him to a to a fight, uh, single combat, single combat, um, and uh, w- which he hopes will use up the Santaran's reserves of energy, forcing him to go mm-hmm. back to his ship, which Harry has sabotaged. Yeah, and apparently humans in this show can survive for around a week without fluid, but Steyer cannot survive more than a few minutes on his power <laughs> reserves yes. because he quickly runs out and starts getting tired. Right. Well, they do kind of explain it where, you know, he's not used to Earth standard gravity. So, yes, it was harder for him to to operate. And he's not a frontline soldier, even though all apparently all Santarans yeah, are warriors. It's it, you're, you guys are making excuses for <laughs> sloppy writing. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, so also this fight that ensues between Tom Baker and Steyer is, I think, one of the things that really doomed Harry on this show. 
because Harry was originally included to be the young action man figure like Ian because they Mm -hmm. thought they were going to have an older doctor. And then they cast Tom Baker, who at this point was the youngest doctor who had ever been cast. Yep. And he could do all the young man stuff and having him be able to do this perfectly fine fight here. Is, the, is like, well, what do we need to pay, you right. know, the guy who plays Harry for? With a broken collarbone, have, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> they did have a they did have a, a stand in, I think, for this, though, because you don't ever get a good close up on Tom mm-hmm. Baker's face. And there's a couple of scenes where it looks like a stand in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a, a couple of these these uh, swings. It's sort of it's a very much a stage fight. It doesn't look all that. uh uh, uh, realistic in in some of the times, but which is the par mm-hmm. for the era. I mean, that's that's what you see in everything. But uh, but Harry, what was uh, gruesome was the uh, fate of the Santarin here. I mean, the, yeah. the doctor sets him up for. So what this device does is when the the sabotage, instead of absorbing energy from the ship, the sh- it reverses it and it sucks the energy out of him and it turns him into a little balloon, deflating balloon. Uh, his really? head his head collapses oh the yeah he does yeah. yeah yeah and the doctor sent harry to do this he like so harry gets to use the sonic screwdriver to open the mm-hmm. Centauran spaceship pod and get in there and mess with the uh equipment and he doesn't really know what he's doing he's just the doctor has told him to do this and and so the doctor like uses harry as his as an as an as a an unwitting assassin Yep. Yes, uh, it's, it's very. It's kind of uh, the 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 doctor as a uh, as a bit brutal as a you know. It's mm-hmm. one of those moments when that you realize the doctor is not human and has different moral standards mm-hmm. than uh, than humans and, do. And none of this, none of this. Ooh, guns are always bad stuff. Right. No. Right. No. So once uh, once Steyer is taken care of, uh, the doctor goes to the to the communications device where the uh, Santaran Marshal is on the monitor demanding Steyer's report. And the doctor says, uh, he says, what is this? When he sees the doctor and the doctor says, it's your Waterloo, Marshal. And uh, and he and he basically bluffs him into saying one move across the buffer zone and your entire fleet will be destroyed. Hmm. And uh, and and then uh, they 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 fall for it. And uh, I wonder how much of a bluff it is, considering how easily these <laughs> astronauts and Harry and Sarah and the doctor defeated this warrior. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, it, it, the doctor, like when he, you, you know, turns to Harry and says, hey, I, I think it's uh, brinksmanship, they, I think they call it, which was, you yeah. know, of course, a, a topical uh, idea at the time in the, in the mid 70s. Cold uh, War. Yes. Yep. So uh, and then we end with the doctor finishing uh, fixing the uh, the transmat reflectors and, you know, saying to the, the surviving uh, astronauts uh, that, you know, we sure you won't join us on our way back up to Nerva. And uh, the astronauts wisely say we don't trust those transmat beams, uh, especially given that they uh, uh, disappear and reappear uh, randomly when they're in yeah. it. And uh and that's it. Then they vanish. The Doctor and Harry and Sarah vanish from the planet. And of course, the next episode is Genesis of the Daleks, which we've already talked about. Yep, that's right. So they don't they don't make it back up to Nerva yet. Uh, they get intercepted in the middle of this transmat by the Time Lords to take them back to ancient Scaro and right. launch, effectively launch the first salvo in the Time War by trying to undo the mm-hmm. uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Right, and so if only uh, they known. Yeah, <laughs> so when we, I would recommend people go back to, 
Uh, when did we do that, Genesis of the Daleks? We did that back um, when that it was... was released in theaters. So, like, last... We, we did that in the last no, that June, was didn't we? Genesis... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was one of our earlier... Um, yeah. When we look back, Classic Who. One yeah. of our first Classic Who's. Oh, in fact, it was a year ago. Uh, it was in yeah. February of 2018. Do you uh, have the episode number? It's episode 62. Okay. Uh, so go go check that out, you and uh, uh, you can uh, hear that that next one, and then we'll be coming back. And I I do want to uh, kind of mention now what we're, we're one of the things we're planning on doing is given that the fourth Doctor's uh, corpus of work uh, is larger than every other Doctor combined. Uh, we realize that the by going from Doctor to Doctor tw- to Doctor, twice the size of almost every other Doctor. Right. We'll finish all the other Doctors long before we've gotten through all of the Fourth Doctor stuff. So we're going to be uh, doubling up on Fourth Doctor episodes. So uh, when we come back and forth on the on the, but uh, we're we're going to sequence them so they're not right next to each other. Right. 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 So we'll still have a bit of a separation. Um, uh, between them so uh we're, we're just trying to spread things out so that we're you know there's plenty there's plenty of doctor who to talk about uh but we want to kind of spread it out so that we're we're covering the whole thing fairly equally so uh did any last notes uh from uh from you jimmy just, uh on this nope. or father Corey? uh just one one small thing uh, a couple of times the doctor mentions the the central line you know of course you know harry disappeared yes. from the pit and oh he must have gotten into the central line uh the central line of the london underground the tube um, it includes a very interesting stop. If you, the, 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 the modern day central line, Perryvale. Oh, Perryvale really? is the home of, home of Ace. The seventh companion, seventh doctor companion, Ace. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it's the, when you look at the two map, it's the red line that not a shock is in the center of the map. It <laughs> right, runs right, right through the center of London. It's the center. And line. the doctor had already had experiences with the, uh, with, the London Underground at this point, because back in the second Doctor's time, uh, mm-hmm. we had the Yeti who invaded the under the influence of the Great Intelligence who yep. invaded the London Underground. That's right. So uh, we do have a bit of feedback. Uh, our friend Matt from Ithaca sent us an email and mm-hmm. he's uh, this is his feedback on the Sensorites episode that we just did. And he says, I've, I've just listened to your discussion of the Sensorites and you mentioned the 10th Doctor callback to Susan's description of Gallifrey, but you overlooked a more explicit reference in another story. In Series 4's Planet of the Ood, the Doctor and Donna travel to the Ood's home planet, which we learn is called the Ood Sphere, and the Doctor mm-hmm. comments there, I've been to the solar system before years ago, ages, close to the planet Sense Sphere. And uh, the broad similarity between the facial features of the Sensorites and of the Ood was a deliberate choice in the latter's design, and it seems that the two species were neighbors. Yep. So, yeah, uh, well, we mentioned that. We just yeah. didn't mention this specific reference. That's right. So, uh, but thank you, Matt, for, for, get, for giving us the, the, uh, the fuller reference to that. Uh, we do appreciate that. So uh, that's it for uh, this episode uh, where we talk about uh, the Sontaran experiment. Before we go, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Doctor Who. Uh, today, we want to thank, by name, Don H., Sarah K., John G., Edward C., and Ryan R. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows we do at sqpn.com. So uh, you could join them, if you'd like, by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
So let us know what you thought of this fourth Doctor story, the Sontaran experiment. You can do so by visiting sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page and leave us some feedback there or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. Uh, you can find links to all of our personal social media and our uh, websites on our show notes at sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the 10th Doctor story, 42, which was the first story written by current showrunner Chris Chibnall. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Glad to be here. And thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks so much, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, I'm a horologist, actually, and a chronometrist. I just love clocks. Atomic clocks, wall quartz clocks, and grandfather clocks. Right. This is going to be fun.